if you want to take a day off, you can absolutely take a day off. Whenever you want, you just cross it out the calendar and you choose to work when you want to work. And that's so important. Depending on your personal circumstances and if you need childcare, two hours of your time, two hours to do a class, and that's what our parent classes are, is um, not a bad day. <laughs> You've only got to work two hours of the day and earn the same money that you might earn doing a full day's work in the police, then um, it's a no-brainer, really. In the police, especially if you're working shifts, you're going to miss things like Christmas, birthdays, you know, sports days or whatever those important days are to you. But you've got the flexibility so that you never miss them. If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. Now, don't forget, you can go to www.bluelightleavers.com and you can download your free five-step guide to LinkedIn specifically for police officers. Now, today's interview is so incredibly inspiring. My guest today has such a fantastic story to tell and she has had so much success. Now, my guest is former Detective Sergeant from the Metropolitan Police in London, Jenny Dunman. Jenny has been recognised as one of the top 100 female entrepreneurs in the UK. She is a multi-award winning franchise creator and she is director of Daisy First Aid. Now, Daisy First Aid have won numerous awards over the past couple of years. Uh, they've been in, uh, featured in many national publications and Jenny has appeared on national TV on numerous occasions. And during this interview, we talk about everything related to a franchise. And we also talk about Jenny's background in policing. And she was also one of the first on scene at the Edgware Road bombing 7-7. I promise this is a fantastic interview. Now, if you are towards the end of your service or you are um, considering creating something on the side or you'd like to do something full time other than policing, this interview is going to be of interest to you. This will cause a lot of conversations, I promise. Let's go over to Jenny now. Hi, Jenny. Thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed on the uh, Blue Light Levers podcast. So excited to have you here. I think this is going to be of huge interest to a lot of people. So it's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Andy. It's an absolute pleasure. Brilliant. Um, now, before we go on, obviously, uh, I've been through the introduction, so people know a little bit about you, but it'd be great to hear a little bit from you about who you are, um, your background, and uh, what you currently do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so my name is Jenny Dunman. I am, uh, well, I'm a multi-award winning uh, franchisor of Daisy First Aid. I also own multiple businesses. I'm an angel investor, and I'm also a transformational coach. And so lots of things under my belt at the moment, but actually I joined the Metropolitan Police when I was 21. Um, my father was a police officer. I had full intention of doing my full 30 years because I had a good solid pension and, and that was the way my life was going. And, and I didn't really think there'd be anything different from that. And uh, I did 14 years. I did 14 years uh, in central London. I was detective sergeant, worked on Sapphire, um, on serious violence units. And I actually loved, loved um, my service. I made some great friends, which are still my friends now. And um, I was very fortunate to have a really enjoyable career in the most part. But um, mm. yeah, I guess after 14 years, I just decided that uh, enough was enough and uh, I needed to do something different. Yeah, well, we'll come to that in, in, in a bit, I'm sure. But um, yeah, same as you, my, my father was in the job as well. So it's funny, I, I had no intention of joining up and he didn't want me to. And, uh -huh. and ended up joining up. So I don't know what your circumstances, whether it's something you'd, uh, you'd fancy doing forever, but 
my dad was like the old flying squad so if you oh, imagine really? Sweeney he's like the old original Sweeney so if you can imagine uh, oh, John Thor that is basically my dad so his um, thought process of me going to the police was not great but that that just made me want to do it all the more to be honest that was like oh, let me just brilliant. leave my heels and do it anyway <laughs> oh great stuff that's fantastic now um now I know you were involved in, in a few things obviously throughout your career and, and I know there was there was one incident in particular that if you're okay to talk about it'd be, it'd be interesting I know people would be interested in, in um you know your experiences so would you like to just sort of expand a little bit on on what I'm hinting yeah at? I mean we all go through loads of stuff in our careers but there's always things that sometimes just trigger. And for me, it was being at Edgware Road. So I was based at Paddington Green, which is directly opposite Edgware Road tube station. And on the 7th of July, 2005, um, it was um, it was bombed. And uh, we were one of the first officers on scene. And um, I think for me, I, I don't tend to dwell on the bad side of that day as awful and tragic as it was I've actually got a lot of good that comes out of that day for me um, because what I realized that day well number one I guess that's part of the reason why I went into first aid in the first place was because I realized that if everyone had just a little bit of basic first aid then I think that more people perhaps could have been helped in some way but on the plus side of that day, what I realised is I looked around, I just remember looking around this chaos and seeing so many people from so many backgrounds all helping. Mm. And it was just from like the homeless guy on the street to, you know, the Hilton Metropole to people that live there who have, have got huge, you know, wealth and just everybody in between, shopkeepers, everyone just came together in this really incredible way and just wanted to help in some way, whether it was just lending people their phones or putting them up for the night. It was just incredible. And I guess I really, when the police, we are very used to dealing with the bad side of things, dealing with the, you know, the criminals and the abuse and all the down, you know, the downside of it. But actually, um, it was a lovely moment. And I realised then that most people in the world are nice. And yeah. most people in the world are kind. And I think as police officers, we sometimes miss that. Um, so for me, that was quite a, a positive moment for me. Yeah, that's incredible, isn't it? That from something so awful, something so positive can be taken from it. And you see the, the worst of humanity and the best all at the same time. That's, that's extraordinary. Absolutely. It was quite a revelation. Mm. So you say you got to around 14 years service, you're a DS. Um, you know, what was the catalyst for change for you? Why was it that you decided to, to move on and do other things? I think things have changed a lot now. Well, I hope they have in terms of flexible working. But at the time, I had two young children and I was still working shifts and I was pregnant with my third. And at that time, as a DS, flexible working didn't exist. There was no job for a detective sergeant that would encompass um, any, any form of part-time. So I could, did compressed hours, but even then, there was still no role, um, no role that was that had any credibility. So I went from being, you know, on a Sapphire unit to managing serious, um, serious violence and other things to all of a sudden going, oh, well, you're, well, you're just a part-timer now. You're just a part-time mum. And almost my reputation went from sky high to absolutely on the floor. And mm -hmm. I didn't like that. I really, really didn't like that. But for some reason, I just accepted that that's the way things were. And I wish in a way now, looking back, I had the confidence to step forward and, and say this isn't right but 
you, you know that you know very much back in the day you don't rock the boat <laughs> you don't make waves and so so I didn't and I ended up just sitting in the corner of this office being given the stationary order and I just thought this just isn't right I can't do this so I, I've always been a little bit of a business head anyway in that I would buy things in bulk and sell them on on eBay and I used to do little things like that so I guess I always had a little bit of a business head anyway but I started just to think a little bit more broadly and I remember just saying to people like there's something that I need to do I just haven't quite figured out what it is yet but it was really (laughs) to be honest it was really being treated like that that even turned my head to even consider leaving but at that time it was such a massive massive decision um I wasn't quite sure how or if I was even going to do it yeah I I totally understand that and I think you know I know for a fact you're not alone you know I know my wife went through similar experiences and I think you know that's going to resonate with so many people your experiences which is such a shame and I I I really hope without sounding like a dinosaur you know I really hope that things are changing and um yeah I do know what they are changing in lots of different ways and I actually got invited back to the Met quite recently for the launch of Met Baby which is like you know something brand new and I was really um, enthusiastic about going and supporting them and sharing my story with them so I think things are changing but you know it will take some time to to filter through I think. Yeah absolutely no, that's brilliant so yeah. how did you actually go about leaving then Jenny what was the um the process did you just hand your resignation and go or did you have something <laughs> to go to what did you do to to um you know to make sure that it wasn't that giant leap to nothing yeah I think I think a lot of people will also probably feel the same way about for me is I started in the job young I didn't really know that I had any transferable skills I really didn't realize that there was even anything out there for me so um I went to a coffee shop with a friend and I had my toddler in a high chair and I was pregnant with my third and we were just having a coffee and we'd given the toddlers cookie each and we were chatting and her daughter started to choke now it was one of those moments where I looked at her she looked at me I was waiting for her to step in and she froze she didn't know what to do just sheer panic and obviously having the first aid background that we have, I picked the baby up, gave her back blows and the cookie came flying out. And um, it was that my moment of relief in the coffee shop where everyone just, oh, okay, it's fine. Baby's fine. And she absolutely was fine. But um, I actually went home to my husband that night and I said, I can't believe that parents aren't taught this stuff. We do antenatal classes. You know, we prepare for the birth. And we spend loads of money on all these wonderful classes and swimming lessons and baby ballets and all these other things. But what if your baby stops breathing or your baby starts to choke or something happens? Why, why aren't we taught it? So I did a bit of a Google search. And of course, there's the amazing Red Cross, St. John's, all these brilliant pediatric first aid courses for childcare professionals. But there wasn't anything specifically for parents. And it was, I call it like my light bulb moment, I suppose. But I said to my husband, well, I'm going to make one and I'm going to sell it to the local mums because they need to know this stuff. This is so, so important. And that's exactly what I did. So when I was on maternity leave, um, I created this online, um, online course, uh, online course in my head at the moment because mm. of COVID. I created this course and um, I just did it to a group of local mums in my local pavilion. And that's how it started. Oh, incredible. And um, so what, you built the course, you put it together, advertising and that sort of stuff. Was it just done locally? 
Yep. So I had my my little website, which I created myself through Vistaprint, which was like, I think it was about 12 quid. And yeah. uh, I had a Facebook page and absolutely nothing. I had no, no experience in business, no marketing budgets, no money, nothing. I literally put <clears throat> the equipment on a credit card. I went and took myself off on the courses that I needed. So I was qualified. And I took myself off on a business course as well, which was actually a free one. Uh, the first one I went to it was completely free. And um, I learned from there. And what the weird thing that happened is I actually asked my friends to come on the cl- class, the first one. I said, bring your babies along. Um, you know, I haven't really got any bookings yet, but come along, make it look busy. So that's what they did. And I had two people paid for this course and it was £25 each. So I was thinking, this is brilliant. I'm spent 50 quid. This is amazing. And um, so I did the class. I was super nervous, but got it done. The, the feedback was great. My friends were like, that was really good, Jen. Well done. So um, I got another email inquiry from someone locally. So I went to their house and it was the mum, the dad, the nan, the granddad. Went along again, did it, earned myself 100 quid. I was like, oh, this is, this is brilliant. Like statutory maternity pay is rubbish, mm. but this is going to get me through. My husband said, if you can earn £500 a month, we can, we can be all right. Like, you know, we're not going to be rich, but we can survive. We can get our bills paid and we can eat. Yeah. So that was my intention. My focus was get that £500 a month. And um, it snowballed. That's the only way I can describe it in that I'd obviously hit a niche that hadn't been done yet. And I was getting inquiries from Surrey, London, Kent, all over, you know, my local areas. And all of a sudden I was earning far more than that 500 pounds. But I had a seven week old baby yeah. and two, two young children. And I suddenly thought this isn't actually what I wanted. I wanted to spend more time with my children and work around them. So that was when I had to really sit back and think, what's the right decision for me? Um, and that's when I thought about franchising the business. And I could actually replicate the model in other areas of the country. Yeah. They could work the same model I did. They could work it around their family life because that's what was really important to me. Is that I was able to give people the opportunity to work flexibly because that's what I wanted. And that's what I needed for my family. And that's something that we've continued even all these years later. And we still very much maintain that whether you're in the office or you're a trainer. But um, yeah, so I franchised the business. I tested the model for a year before it went live. Mm-hmm. I took on my first two franchisees who were both female police officers who are still with me now and mm-hmm. um, six years later. And, um, and it's just worked. And we now have 97 uh, franchise territories across the country. Uh, we train over 100,000 parents and childcare professionals. And we are the biggest and the best in the country incredible what a great story that is i love that that is i'm so happy with 50 quid to start with and i know love 50 it quid's a lot of money it know, is so. it's just so cool what a great story so thank you for that and at what point did you hand your notice in so i took a career break i took okay. a career break i registered a business interest which yeah. all went through fine and it got to the point where i stood there is not a chance i'm going back this is yeah. just too good um, yeah. So I think I did like a year or maybe 18 months of a career break and then I was done. My handed my resignation in. Um, and it was a weird feeling. Uh, you I know, was going to ask um, about exactly yeah. that. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like, wow, this is something that I thought I'd have, you know, until I was 50. But actually handing it in was, um, yeah, it was okay. It was a little bit strange, a little bit, um, but I was, there was absolutely no doubt in my mind it was the right decision. Yeah. Absolutely no doubt. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> So 
if we can then go into a little bit more detail about you know uh, the franchise itself and so what is a franchise for people who've never heard of a franchise what is a franchise yeah so a franchise essentially you will own your own business so it will still be your business but you work underneath a brand so if you quite often when you think of a franchise you might think of the big ones like mcdonald's or domino's but actually are lots and lots of much smaller more intimate franchise companies that really look after their franchisees and what it is is we provide you with the whole package of a business so if you were to go into business on your own you would have to think about the product you would have to think about your marketing your it your social media, your graphic design. You'd have to think about everything separately. And not only would it be very time consuming, it would also be very expensive. And you can have the best product in the world or you could be the best trainer. But actually, if you don't have the marketing right and no one's ever heard of you, then your business you know, will fail. And marketing is so key. So what we have is a very well-established brand. We have everything done for you. You just walk in, you have your email given to you, your website given to you, your graphics, your lesson plans, everything you need. And also you've got the whole support structure of all the other franchisees because everyone has their own exclusive territory. So there's no stepping on toes. There's no competition. There's lots of absolute support. And then you've got head office that you've got, you know, there for you whenever you need help. We have a business development coach. So all our franchisees get a coach that help them build their own business. They help um, establish, establish themselves in their local area. And you get all of that for your franchise fee rather than having to go and do it separately or by yourself. Incredible. Wow. Um, so from a costs perspective then, what would an investment be in, in um, Data First Aid franchise? Yeah, so we're what considered as a low-level franchise. So um, we charge six £6,000 plus back for the franchise fee and that would include all of your equipment all of your training everything you need so that you can just get going and then you come and spend three days with us we train you um and then you can go off into your area but we've got that constant contact with you keeping keeping check on you all the time so yeah from a business perspective that is extraordinary that's um that's that's amazing and um so is there any uh, additional cost at all or is that, does that tend to be it? Is there anything that else that, that people need to, um, to add on? Yeah, to so what you have after, um, after that is you've got the choice of whether or not you want to print out flyers, print out banners, those sort of things like that. And consumables, which would be like bandages, which are really low cost and um, lungs for your mannequins, that kind of thing. But really low cost because you're not having to pay out for a venue. You're not having to pay any rental costs of premises. You're not having to carry stock. So really, your only other expense is your monthly management fee, which you'd pay every month to head office just to keep it going. And we have a really nice way in that we have a rolling contract. So a lot of franchisee, franchises will have a term. So, for example, you'll be a franchisee for three years and then you've got the choice to rebuy it or leave. Now, we do things quite differently because I wanted it to be fair, but also it works better for our brand if, in your local area, people get to know you as the local Daisy yeah. um, and you get to know your face and you get your reputation. So we kind of work in that we want people to stay long term. So we just have a rolling contract. And mm. that just means that you simply stay with us as long as you want to. And if you want to leave at any point, you can sell your business. Because at that point, hopefully, <clears throat> excuse me, you've established yourself. You've got a really good reputation. You're earning really good money. 
and then you can sell your business on to somebody else and mm. move on. Yeah, you have established customer base and, and contacts and that sort of stuff. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. So is this something that, that people could build on the side, Jenny? So in, yeah. if, they, if they are and people are in the job, they can potentially register a business interest and they could build this on the side. And obviously, you know, maybe people who, who are coming back from maternity or paternity and don't, you know, just would like to build something to bring in some additional income. These are the sort of options, I guess. Yeah, we've got a huge range of people that work with us, um, predominantly are female. We do have one guy, bless him, but most of them are women at the moment. Obviously, we'd love a bit more of a balance on that. Um, but we've got people that have come to us pregnant and they've started their business pregnant, they've had their baby, and then they've just slowly grown their business, maybe doing a venue class a month. You can earn up to £500 in two hours doing a two-hour class. So Mm. the earning potential is there if you can fill the classes. So some of our trainers could start just doing one venue class a month, and then we've got others right at the other end of the spectrum that buy territories, buy another one, they take on freelance trainers, they've built this little mini empire We've got mm. one franchisee that's got six territories and she does amazingly well. And she just, you know, outsources a lot of her work. Um, and then in terms of earning potential, we've got trainers that, as I say, could earn £500 in a class or a month. But then we've got ones that earn £5,000 a month because, mm. you know, they're out there and they're absolutely the top of their game. And then we've got everyone in between that. So I think it is your own business and we very much give you the tools to, to build if you want to. But we don't put pressure on you. If you're at a point in your life that you've got another job, because we do have other police officers, we have paramedics, we have uh, people in the services, teachers. Uh, and then we've got people that are just full-time daisies. So you could, mm. you've actually got the option to do both. That's brilliant. And from, um, you know, because in my head, I'm thinking uh, people who are close to retirement as well or uh, recently retired, it would be, be a great way to top up um, yeah. pension as well. And I think it's scary as well. Starting a business is scary. and I think. For some people, they like to have the backing of their other job first, then they build up their business, and then when they're ready, they feel comfortable to leave. And that's happened quite a few times mm. um, where they'll build it up when they know that they've got the income to support their mortgage or whatever it is, and then they can drop the other job or resign and then yeah. concentrate on Daisy. And that's a really good and sensible way to do it as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. And are there any risks involved at all, Jenny? You know, I want to keep it as real as possible. And, and um, you know, what are the risks? potentially for people with this um it's a pretty low risk i mean in terms of statistics starting your own business from scratch is far far riskier than mm. um, the chances of failure is are much much higher establishing um franchise franchising an established brand the success rates are much much higher you know in terms of risk i guess if you don't work for your business and you don't put any effort in then you know you won't re- reap the rewards um but I think if you go in and we're very open and, and when we speak to potential franchisees, you know, it's very important that we say to people, this is your business. And so you have to work at it, but we'll help you all the way. But, you know, you have to get out there and you have to be brave. And if you're going to be a business owner, you have to step out of your comfort zone. You absolutely have to. It's very easy when you're employed because you just know that you're going to get paid every month. But yeah. to actually go out there and really make something of yourself, it does take that little bit of bravery. And, um, you know, I do a lot of mindset work with my trainers as well. You get, you get that as part of the package. But um, if people are not prepared to do that, I guess that that would be where the risk would come in. Yeah, sure. No, that makes perfect sense. But I, I love the fact that obviously you've got people who've been there and done it and can help and support and guide. And, and mindset is a massive part of it as well. All those sort of things, exactly as, you, as you're saying. But 
What if there's someone that's, um, you said that there's, there's 97 territories, and um, what if there's someone that's local to you that has already got a franchise? Yeah, so if your franchise territory is already taken, do you mean? Yeah, exactly that, yeah. Yeah, so there are a couple of options. We have territories all around. You can have a neighbouring territory, so you might not actually live within your territory. You could have a next-door one. And some of our trainers do that, particularly if there's a more affluent area locally that they prefer to work in and that's absolutely fine alternatively you could actually work for that local franchisee as their freelancer and some of our mm. trainers have done that they've worked as a freelancer first and then once they've realized how great it is they've then gone on to buy their own franchise but you can't work within someone else's franchise because the areas are exclusive so once it's gone it's gone yeah, yeah that makes sense that's great and there are options on it which is brilliant mm. um so what do people have found as, as the benefits then, Jenny? So, you know, obviously you've got lots of people that, um, that have bought their own franchises. And what are they seeing as, as the benefits to them? If you want to take a day off, you can absolutely take a day off. Whenever you want, you just cross it out the calendar and you choose to work when you want to work. And that's so important. So all of our trainers that have got children, they all work around the school hours. Even our head office, they work 9.30 till 2.30. So they can do drop-offs and pick-ups. And, you know, depending on your personal circumstances and if you need childcare, two hours of your time, two hours to do a class, and that's what our parent classes are, is um, not a bad day. <laughs> You've only got to work two hours of the day and earn the same money that you might earn doing a full day's work in the police, then um, it's a no-brainer, really. But, yeah, just mm. being able to have that flexibility to choose. And, actually, you're never missing, you know, in the police, especially if you're working shifts, you're going to miss things like Christmas, birthdays. Um, you know sports days or whatever those important days are to you um, but you've got the flexibility so that you never miss them so I haven't ever missed pickups drop-offs now you know since I've left and they're really things that are really important to me and you're, you know people have their own priorities but for me that's that's mine yeah I love that um, now in such a short period of time you know six years it's um, you become an incredible role model you know, you, you're doing public speaking, um, you've, you've done TV appearances, you know, in yep. numerous publications. And how does that all feel? Can you, can you quite believe how things have developed for you? I think sometimes it feels like there's two of me. There's like the, the mum that sits at home with the children, you know, the scruffy mum. Uh, <laughs> and then there's the, uh, there's the persona that I put out there that does the public speaking and then, you know, that's on the telly. Um, and yeah, so sometimes it feels like two different people. Um, I was terrified of public speaking, not even that long ago, maybe two years ago. And I had to really work on my own self and push myself out of my comfort zone to even get in front of the camera. And it, you know, it becomes very natural to me now. But we're lucky. I mean, we've got a really good celebrity client base. Uh, we've trained some of the huge celebrities. We've even trained royalty. And, um, and so naturally, we are kind of the go-to people when they need quotes or comments when things happen in the press. Or, yeah, if there's things on TV, then they'll, they'll come to me now, which is lovely. I mean, it's, it's great. It, there's not a lot of... Um, first aid experts out there really so uh, they used to go to to the local gp or the gps that are on tv and now they come to me so yeah it's, it's great wow did you ever see that when you were you know doing your two people um, <laughs> in your local sort of hall or whatever and um <laughs> did you no, see that? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely not and it is funny because i remember going to that class and thinking 
I can't believe this, this is my life. Like, this is my life. I'm so lucky. Look, look how brilliant my life is. And that was when I was going to the pavilion to train these two ladies for 50 quid. But I genuinely had so much gratitude for that yeah. um, and, and still do. And, and yeah, so I guess the feeling is the same, actually, because the feeling of gratitude doesn't matter how much money you earn. You yeah. know, it's just still that same feeling. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I definitely didn't expect to, uh, to get this far, for sure. Uh, that's brilliant. I know a lot of, and the reason I ask that is because I know, you know, it's it's a very cop thing to uh, suffer from imposter syndrome. And I do massively and I, I can't quite believe, you know, how things have panned out for me since I've left the job. And um, um, so that, that's why I was asking the question really, because I know we do suffer a little bit from, from imposter syndrome. It's a real mindset shift um, to, to think differently. So yeah. Now I'd really yeah, like yeah. to talk about, sorry, beg your pardon, go on. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think we all suffer from imposter syndrome at the moment, you know, at some point in our lives. And you look at other people maybe across the room at an event and you think they look super confident. But actually, when you speak to them, you know, and you get some sort of depth from them, you realise that, you know, we're all the same. We all have our moments. So, yeah, without doubt. <laughs> it's yeah. true. I'd really like to talk about um, a fairly, I think it's a fairly recent um, thing for you, but uh, woman in business. Yes. Would you just expand on that for me, please? So women in business, it came during COVID. So it was something completely unexpected and something completely organic. And I am I work a lot in the franchise industry, not just with my franchisees at Daisy First Aid, but I network a lot with other franchises. And during COVID, we all got thrown into utter turmoil, as did so many other businesses. And we very much rely on face-to-face classes. And my franchisees were you know, understandably terrified for so many reasons for their own health, their families, their businesses. And what I realized is I've worked on my own mindset for the last 20 years. I read hundreds of books. I'm a massive bookie. I really absorb a lot of information. I love psychology. I love the way the brain works. And what I was doing every day was taking the dog for a walk in early in the morning before the children got up, and I was taking them, listening to some audio books and resetting my mind every day. And what I was realizing was I wasn't doing that for my franchisees. And some of them were really struggling. There were some that were just, you know, hiding under a duvet. There were some that really were worried for their health. And I, so I started doing a couple of Zooms and putting some stuff out there saying, you know, let's, let's reset our brains. Let's reset the mind. Let's do a bit of work on ourselves. Let's look after our, you know look after ourselves for a change and the results that I was getting from my franchisees and the messages that I was getting were phenomenal because they were like oh my gosh I've just been so consumed with stuff and just plodding along day by day I never really realized that I could change my thought process or you know I could actually manage or think differently so anyway as a sheer coincidence I'd mentioned this to a group of franchise or friends mine and they all said can you do that with my franchisees because they're really struggling too and I was inundated suddenly with loads of inquiries and I thought okay well do you know what this is something I can do during COVID but I didn't you know no money I don't want to charge anybody this is just something I can put out there if it helps it helps awesome so I did some zooms for lots of different franchises and then I just opened the doors to anybody and it was just just lovely it was just such a revelation to feel that I could actually help people on a totally different level that I'd never helped before you know saving lives you know first aid is one thing but actually this was something different and it's organically grown and I then became um, asked to be a spoke or a keynote speaker 
at Franchise Fest and I was keynote speaker for QuickBooks, which is a huge company. And then it's just snowballed from there. And I now am inundated with inquiries. So I'm rolling with it. And now I've launched, um, you know, Women in Business just to give people the confidence to get out there and kind of push past the comfort zone, I guess, and just uh, know that they can achieve it, that they don't have to just coast along day by day, that they can actually take control of their lives and, and achieve some really awesome, awesome things. Wow. So how do people <laughs> connect with you with regards to Women in Business? So I have got, um, well, my website should be live very, very soon, which is jennydunman.com. That's becoming live very soon. But you can email me at, at info at jennydunman.com. And that's it, whether that's about Daisy First Aid, business or mindset, whatever. I'm very happy, very open. Talk about, you know, my police background or, you know, what the future is. So very, very happy to have a chat with anybody that's sort of listening that wants to have a chat. That's no problem at all. Fantastic. And um, Facebook groups or anything like that at all? So Daisy First Aid, at Daisy First Aid is our tag for all of our socials. So that's Instagram and Facebook, Twitter, and Jenny Dunman on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And is there a a women business um, Facebook page or anything like that at all that people can connect with? Yeah, it's just, it's actually just called Jenny Dunman Women in Business. Brilliant. Um, now you've also just, um, written for a book as well, haven't you? So I had this amazing, uh, phone call and I was invited to write a book about my experience and it's something that I hadn't naturally spoken about in the past. It's a little bit about my life, but it's also about how I can move forward and help other people as well. And I was invited to write a chapter of a book and the book is called Inspirational Women of the World, (laughs) which is crazily you know hugely grand title but essentially it is a book of normal women that have just have a story to tell and I'm incredibly proud and privileged to have been asked to be part of that so yeah that will be out in October oh great stuff that's brilliant and I'll um when that does get launched I'll link to it obviously within the Facebook group and and the podcast as well I'll add to the podcast episode as well so that's brilliant thank you um now, and what have you got coming up in September in terms of Daisy First Aid? In terms of Daisy First Aid, we have franchise training. So we put it on hold during COVID and during the summer period, but actually we are back in it now and Brilliant. ready to take on more trainers. Yeah, so once the kids go back to school and life returns to a little bit of normality, we've already got people um, there. And we've actually got a few spaces still to go as well. So, um, yeah, September's a great time to just start launching the new business. Great stuff. Well, this will go out um, in September. So um, if there's anyone interested in uh, talking to you or maybe becoming um, a franchisee, how can they connect with you? What's the best way of connecting with you? Just pop onto the website, www.daisyfirstaid.com, and then you can click on the franchise section and make an inquiry with us. We can send you through a brochure. Brilliant. And obviously people can contact you via franchise at daisyfirstaid.com. You got it. Yeah, brilliant. And obviously, if you stick blue light levers in the subject line as well, that's fantastic. Yes, please do that. Yeah, brilliant. Um, Jenny, what an interview. There's so much great stuff there. And I know that's that's going to be really exciting for a lot of people. I think it's going to get a lot of people having conversations about uh, what they could potentially do and, and just love what you've done in such a short period of time as well. It's incredible. It really is. Came with no no money, no expertise, no business. So, you know, if I can do it with none of that, then anyone anyone else can do it for sure. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. It's really good of you. And it's a 
just brilliant. I can't wait for uh, to see how this lands. It's, uh, <laughs> it's so going to be really, really exciting for a lot of people. So thanks, Thank Jen. You, Speak to you again soon. What a great interview. I really hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And Jenny was just such an absolute pleasure to interview. And she's just got such an incredibly inspirational story to tell. And she's had so much success since leaving the job just a few years ago. Now, don't forget, if you're interested in um, Daisy First Aid and maybe owning your own franchise, you can contact her at franchise at daisyfirstaid.com and put blue light levers in the subject line. So that's franchise at daisyfirstaid.com, blue light levers in the subject line. Now, if you like what you've heard, you can uh, hit five stars and please subscribe and leave a review. And you can also join our private Facebook group at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash blue light levers. And you can find more information at www.bluelightlevers.com. Thanks so much for joining me and look forward to speaking to you again soon.